Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. The next 10 minutes of your beautiful life are inspired by a poli-sci professor named Jack and an old math teacher at a local private school. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the engine. When I was at Cal, I was on the rowing team. I very much, very much enjoy, enjoyed the experience. It was exceedingly difficult, but one of the most transformative experiences of my life. And, and I credit it with a lot, of my, a lot of my success, to whatever degree you think I'm successful. It's, it's because of the rowing team. And there was this professor, a poli-sci professor named Jack, old guy. He was fantastic. Very much enjoyed working with rowers. I actually, unfortunately, wasn't able to take a class with him because, again, I was not a poli-sci major, but he spoke at some of our alumni dinners. And the first time I heard him speak, he was really funny. He had all these humorous little anecdotes and would take jabs at people. And I realized he really got, he really got the rowing team. He appreciated who we were and, and wanted to continue supporting us in and outside the classroom, which I thought was cool. And somebody told me, they said, you know, usually when he speaks, he's very, very serious. And it was, it was in sharp contrast to the, to the little speech he had just given. I said, oh, that's interesting. And the next year he spoke, I saw what they meant. He spoke at length about education as a moral pursuit. And I had never heard somebody describe it like that. Again, this is a world-class poli-sci professor. He knew what he was talking about. And he spoke about education not just for getting a diploma and not just for the utility of, of getting an idea and then using it like a hammer, but really the moral value of an education, of, of making or helping people make themselves into thinkers and valuable contributors to society. And I thought that was such a cool idea. And again, I was about 21, 22. I was a rhetoric major. I took my studies very seriously. Not all student athletes did or do to this day. And I really felt like that was speaking to me because as a rhetoric major, you're not, you're not really valued by anyone. People don't know what you're doing. I went into Cal as a math major. At the very least, people understood what math was. But when I switched to rhetoric, like, could you have come up with a more obscure major? And again, I didn't make the major. It was already there. I just kind of found it and fell in love with it. And it was wonderful. You would go to class and just have these elaborate, lengthy, hyper-complex discussions about all sorts of different topics. And the way it forced me to start using my brain was very unique. And again, I fell in love with the major. I'm, I'm very pleased I took the time to invest in it. And it makes sense in my life now, even though it may have not in, in the past for people. But it was part of the reason why I wanted to become a teacher. I learned how to write in, in my classes, and I hadn't learned how to write before. And I fell in love with helping other people learn how to write because it was something that, again, was so confusing for me and weird that once I got it, I thought, God, I got to share this with other people. It's a really important thing. And I did. And then I started tutoring again at Cal. And then I started tutoring immediately after I graduated. And 16 years later, here I am. So again, it was one of those things that really spoke to me, what Jack said. Education is a moral pursuit. Now again, in SAT prep, 
you you are teaching to help students improve their ability with a specific test and I understand that you know it's not necessarily a moral pursuit but a lot of good things happen in the class which I appreciate and and my students appreciate because they keep coming back and they keep doing better and again they keep enjoying it recently a lot of my students who go to a to a local private high school have told me that I've come under criticism by by a specific teacher because she feels that what my class is doing is just teaching to the test and she's a math teacher and doesn't feel it's appropriate that I teach to the test now again this is a criticism that I actually very much appreciate because when I heard it I kind of scratched my head and said yeah look she's 100% right I'm I'm here to teach you content that's specifically on this test and it made me think immediately about Jack the poli sci professor back at Cal because that was what he was talking about he's like look let's not educate people for utility only you need to explore your education and explore ideas and concepts again as a moral pursuit because it's going to make you a better person. So I heard this criticism uh, from, this, from this math teacher and thought, gosh, she's right. She's right. I 100% do teach to this test. And later on, about a week after that, I was working with a student that I spoke about in, in one of my first episodes that had that had made this error with a cell phone case. He had swindled the cell phone case away from a company and was bragging about it. And when I helped him understand the implications of what he had done, that it was actually theft and he'd become a thief and he needed to right this wrong, and he did, I kind of thought about what, what that math teacher was saying, that I'm teaching to the test. And I still didn't disagree with her. Not because of the SAT, I definitely teach to the test for the SAT, but in striving to that goal and attempting to improve students' ability on this test, you have to take them through this very hazy, winding path. Because here's the thing. I could come into a room with six students, as I do, and sit down and go right into math. Okay, I could come in and sit here and just say, okay, X plus X is 2X, and this is subject-verb agreement, and this is critical reading, and boom. And we could work for two hours straight. Okay, and, and by the way, about an hour in, almost every single student would, one, be hating class, and two, be switched off. That's, that's all that we would do, right? They wouldn't listen to me at all. They would likely not get the homework done, and they'd go home and complain like their parents expect them to. You wouldn't be able to stop it. But I don't do that. I don't do that because it wouldn't work in attempting to teach most effectively for this test. I can't teach to the test. I need to teach other things like the cell phone case. I can't just engage students in the test. I need to engage them on a moral level, on an ethical level. I need to test them on a daily basis, not 
on math problems and gram rules. I need to test who they are, what their resolve is, how tough they are. Students, there's one student in particular in, in my class that's going to be taking the SAT this weekend, and I rag on the student all the time. I rag on him. I give him such a hard time. And people will pop into the class. They're just in for a one class review or something like that. And they'll start laughing right away and say, oh, oh, you do this all the time to this kid. Yeah, I do. I do. And the kid laughs about it. And I laugh with it. And it's kind of a joke in class. But it's also grace under fire. Because I know this kid is going to go into the, to the test this weekend. I know he's going to have pressure if the test is even held, right? I mean, the, the virus might be taking that out. I know he's going to have this stress on him. But that's when the real test starts. Does he have grace under fire? Did I engage him on a lot of levels? So one, he felt comfortable learning. And two, did he feel stressed enough in my class while attempting to do these math problems that he knows a sensation of stress. If I make my classroom a sterile, safe environment where everybody feels happy and they can work through math problems, no, no issues at all, that's not going to be realistic. That's not going to be about the test. That's not going to be what's going to happen on test day. They're going to be stressed. They're going to be distracted. Can they come into class, get distracted, get harped on, have all of these things going on and still get the questions correct? That's what I have to do. So in order to get them very good at this test, I have to not teach directly to the test. I have to teach other things. I have to gauge them on other levels. And, and even here, even here in this crazy day and age where schools are getting shut down and people are getting stressed out, I have students texting me left and right asking me what I think asking me what they should do. And my answer is always the same. Keep your head screwed on straight. Keep your house in order. Do not freak out. And I know they're going to be able to do it because I saw them do it in my classroom. I knew they did it on the test and I know they're doing it after my class and in their, in their young adult lives. I was teaching to that test as well. Because what is the test? When you say you're teaching to the test, am I only going over math problems? No. No, I'm trying to develop strong, capable young people. I'm trying to help people become stronger under stressful situations. That may be the SAT. That may be the ACT. Or it may be a deadly virus where they're freaking out. And they have to be graceful under fire. And it's none of my affair whether you think they should be or should not be freaking out. The reality is the world is in an incredibly stressed state right now. But my students, by and large, know how to deal with that. They know how to keep their heads screwed on straight because I didn't just sit here and teach them SAT problems. They didn't just come to class to get better at grammar rules. 
Yes, I'm teaching to the test, but the test is not just the SAT and the ACT. The test is every test that they're going to experience in life. I engaged them and they benefited and they will continue to benefit. So yes, I do teach to the test. Yes, I absolutely agree with that. And by the way, students do get better at SAT and ACT, but that's not really the test that I'm teaching for. The test is any stressful, high-risk, high-reward situation. And there's one knocking on our door right now. It's high-risk. It's high-reward. But I'm not worried about my students. I know they're going to keep their heads screwed on straight and they're going to do the right thing. And I hope all of the young people out there that didn't have me as a student had a teacher that taught to this test as well. And on that note, thanks for listening. Go out and crush it. <laughs> <laughs>